Hi everyone, welcome to Borderless Heritage, where cultures collide and connections thrive. from Mexico. We are in Germany doing our master's in heritage studies and came from a conservation and architecture backgrounds. In this episode we will discuss just a tiny part of a vast topic, food. And to shrink it up, let's focus on spices. Why on spices? Well, let me give you a little background. When I started to live out of my parents' home and I started to eat alone, I began to replicate my home recipes as many people probably do. With a mixture of nostalgia playing my abuelita's boleros, I started to assemble my first kitchen spicy rack. And I discovered that my role in the kitchen during my childhood was uh, the last part of the hierarchy of that uh, kitchen. Unfortunately, during this commis chef training, I did not learn all the good tricks. It took me a lot of phone calls back home to get a little more decent. However, there is always a niche for improvement. So in 2018, I got the chance to read a book called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by Nasamin Nosrat, an Iranian-American chef. She put in words all this logical knowledge of taste that my family had tried to explain to me, and I love it. The premise of the book is that these four elements, salt, fat, acid, and heat, can make or break a dish. Now she refers to salt as the spices in general, but it takes salt as the basis of them. Apart from salt, uh, the rest of the spices that we use in your dishes can tell a lot about our culture and our traditions. So this is why I will try to present to you my perspective of Mexican cuisine, and I would love to hear my fellow comments. And I will start with uh, a must hum most at home so the one that one is about to get done or gone at home the panic starts is the one that comes to your mind when you're having some new dish and you're tasting it like mm, this could be better if I could put some and for me of course it's chili I didn't realize how important it was until I sneaked my own bottle of salsa for my popcorn into the cinemas here in Germany <laughs> I must confess and Chile has a funny name situation in South America. There's a, culti, a country called Chile, but they call the Chile by the name Aji. Why? I don't know. Chilean people might know. Uh, people always make the assumption that I can eat a lot of chiles. Chilis. <laughs> and I'm, it might be true, but I have the strongest experience with Korean and Indian food. People respect. I was crying, but keep eating, you know? And this is the relationship that exists with Chile for Mexicans in makes of suffers, but we want more. So, what will be your essential spice? Okay, yeah, started now. <laughs> and the second one? The, actually, <laughs> something I want to share is not really, I mean, general we will call spice, but a really important, maybe we should call ingredients. And back home, uh, it's the soybean sauce. I think every family, not only Taiwanese people, but also Chinese people, we all need soybean sauce, a bottle of soybean sauce at home. And it 
like if you want normally i don't but if you want you can put it in everything it will change your dish and makes a uh, another dish out of your uh, basic dish yeah when when you said that there's always that spice that everyone starts running when it's starting to finish back home i think one that is actually quite common in latin america which is achote which basically is a seed that comes from a shrub and basically people dry it and you can use it as a dry spice like a powder or you can use it as a paste and both work like similar but depends on what you want to do for example the paste normally you marinate especially pork you can it's, it's like you add just onions a little bit of vinegar and achote and then you leave it there for a couple of hours you can put it on the grill, you can put it on the pan, and it's gonna taste amazing. It's gonna get like this tender flavor to it. And then of course you have the versions of the supermarket that everyone is going to go buy it when it's running out in their kitchens. But then you have the homemade ones, mm -hmm. the ones that the granny made, so that you go to a place that is not in the main city, it's not in the capital. But then you go to that place and they have the, this more natural one. And if the taste from the one in the supermarket was good, was a good kick for the food, the one that is homemade is another experience. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like a reddish color, so it's gonna give like this pinky color to your to your meat, and it's like quite essential in many dishes. In Iranian food, uh, basically every Iranian food, or let's say most Iranian foods, uh, processes start with the. Uh, Frying onions with uh, turmeric, right? Turmeric? Kukuma? I don't know why, I just remember the German name Kukuma, but I cannot remember the English name. Yeah, Kukuma or turmeric, right? With salt. So we fry this ingredient, then we add uh, meat or chicken or other other things as much as you have more onions your I mean this mixture of onions you have a better taste food in general right so you also fry like salt with it fry. yes we add salt and turmeric with onion and we like add it to the soup, to to like to everything. Thanks to Valeria, she was telling us about the M N G M S G M S G. Yeah, I couldn't catch the name. Uh, that enhances the flavor in a cheating way. <laughs> now I know why I love all this fried. Yeah. Then speaking of spices, we had this joke in my country that our favorite spice is actually oil. Because <laughs> we like to fry everything, so I, I can relate with that feeling. <laughs> Do you also have like animal oil? Mm. Yeah. yeah. You use it in cooking? Yeah. yeah. And especially like the. Uh, it, there is a name for the pork fat. Oh, Crot? Another question for you. Nilo, do you use. Do you, got, do you use like pork oil or do you have another thing to like for us uh, like uh, animal fats, you know? But because in our country, we usually just use pork. Yeah, and, we uh -huh. eat a lot of pork. So I'm just like, this just coming to my mind. I'm like, hmm. No. Ah. I doubt if you can find pork in, in the country actually, but I think there are some special shops like uh, related to um some specific areas but i mean no 
You cannot find pork oil and like pork as a meat in general. But like, which kind of like、uh, animal fats do you use? I think like、um, sheep. Okay.、Mm. Yeah. But like usually sheep have this really strong weird taste. Like, yes. Will it like affect the oil But, making it?、Uh, for us, pork、uh, fat is very like characteristic. Like、yeah. my father would say, if he can recognize if you fry the beans with with the proper pork oil, or or you were cheating and you give him、uh, vegetal oil. Yeah.、Like, and. Fry beans with pork. With <laughs> <laughs> the pork、yeah. fat is amazing. Oh,、ah. <laughs> well, I checked it. Yeah, it's made by sheep or cow. Ah, yeah.、Okay. Greece or somewhere like they also have like sheep oil, but it's not、really? for food. It's actually like lotion.、Thing. Really? Ah, yeah. yeah. If I, I have the right memory, but like, it might be like, wrong. Like in barbecue, do you use、uh, pork mostly, or do you use also sheep and cow? For barbecues, it's more cow. Cow. cow.、Yeah. I, we use everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, and it's typically like pork or cow or beef. Chicken. Or chicken. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.、Oh, or chicken.、Right. If you are going to the shop and you say, I would prefer to use the budget for alcohol, let's have chicken、yeah. and sausages.、Mm, yeah. I mean, like.、Oh, sausages. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's based on the regions you live in Iran. You might use a specific kind of meat more. Like in my region, we we usually、uh, use sheep,、mm -hmm. sheep and chicken. In other parts, they mostly use goat. Ah.、Oh. Yeah. Or in some other parts, they use more like cow. So it depends on the city maybe that you live. Do you have camel? Yeah. But not that much. Like I mean, it's not that regular. I know that once my mom bought camel meat, and because we really didn't like it, she didn't tell us. She 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 was like, yeah, it's a new mixture with the meat. Don't don't mind. You just eat. And then when we ate it, she was like, yeah, it was camel. <laughs> She was enjoying.、Yeah. <laughs> Did you enjoy? How does it taste? I was like, no. <laughs> it's amazing how mom's humor is universal because in my country it's not common to eat rabbit. Although in Germany it is apparently quite common. But once we were having dinner, we thought it was chicken, and she told us, "Like, how was the chicken? Amazing, mom. It was really good. Ah, but it was a rabbit." <laughs> like, no. Mom's sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's really weird that they do the same in in all, in all country、uh, cultures like different countries. They like to trick kids. <laughs> it, it never happened to you. I mean, I think my mom did something similar, but like she's, I think she's not create not that creative. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> or she's yeah. Or well, at least she didn't buy steak and like cook it as a chicken soup and like. Oh. Do you feel? No, it never happened. <laughs> she was real. She was honest. Yeah, she's honest. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They are a lot of material for an, for another episode. <laughs> they should.、Yeah. So and continuing with our spicy、uh, topic.、Um, The next one could be a beloved foreigner. 
Why? Well, because the cuisine is a great place to analyze uh, the passing uh, trading routes, and colonialism, migration, and merging of cultures. <laughs> and when I was starting assemble this uh, spicy rack that I was telling you about, I have to replicate it now that I moved to Germany, and I realized that I need a basic one for us. That is cumin. Cumin is a seed that comes from a plant. It is very used in, in a lot of in a lot of dishes in Mexico. And this is a very small seed, about five millimeter long, brown in color, and very aromatic. And when I went to the shop to get it, I bought the one that says cumin, that you know, go to the translation, cumin is cumin, so everything was well, until I opened it. And then I, I smelled it, the smell was very unfamiliar. I was like, what is this? What is this? Then I realized there are two kinds of cumins here in Germany, the Kreuzkummel, <laughs> and this is the good one. <laughs> and the cumin, that is that thing that I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe it could be used for another kind of recipes that I don't know, and I will want, I will explore later in life, hopefully. But for now, I want my cumin, the <laughs> cross cumin, which makes me now wondering where this one came from. So I will it, of course, <laughs> and it's actually native from Egypt and the Mediterranean region, and it's used for marinades as we were also saying we uh, like um, to make uh, stews of pork beef chicken and it's arrived to mexico through the canary islands during the spanish colonization so it's how it enters there like this is uh, the people that we end up having coming from <laughs> it's very tasty so what can i say well speaking of colonization <laughs> <laughs> and things that the Spaniards brought to America due to colonization, I think about ginger. Mm. And apparently it went around all over the places. First was the Portuguese that introduced it to Africa. And then the Spaniards took it to America. So and mm. it's amazing because nowadays maybe in, in the continent we related a lot with Asian food, especially Korean food, now that it has become very popular. But then it's also part of everyday life and you don't think about it that it is actually something that it was introduced so long ago. And at least in my country we have this ginger juice that apparently became quite popular in the Atlantic and in the Atlantic coast. And then it's something kind of traditional that is considered traditional nowadays, although it was not native from the country. Then when you're sick, we tend to use all these things that are typically this in other countries. And then we have a tea of ginger and lemon. So when you feel sick or you have a sore throat, you drink that. And then during Christmas, we have this, it's not because of Christmas itself, but it's because of the Virgin Mary. There is this tradition around her conception time that I'm not quite sure that is at the beginning of December. She's looking at me. She's like, yeah, she I'm might know. She I'm might know. The worst fight. Catholic ever. But yeah, we have one candy called Gofio that is quite local, actually. And the kick of that candy, they do it with some uh, powder called Pinolillo, which is another story, another spice, which is a juice that comes from a tree that has a very big fruit and very round and tough and if you get kicked with that fruit you might die no. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's the power of that fruit with the kick of the ginger and they make this sweet that is called gofio that is like a cookie but a very sweet cookie and very concentrated cookie 
and it's something that it takes kind of a lot of effort to do so i believe that's why it's only for christmas time mm. and during that process okay in nicaragua at the beginning of december they sing to virgin mary and they go to different houses that they have these altars for virgin mary and they give you candies one of those candies is that gofio and is mm. i didn't know that the kick of that candy what makes it a little bit spicy is the ginger. I'm holding myself a lot to make not any joke about it. You know, a cookie, the vegan magic. The Virgin Mary, a cookie. I don't want to get banned. You know? Catholics don't cancel us. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really interesting. No idea what you're talking about. But maybe later you can share it with us, like, privately. <laughs> Okay, the only spice that comes to my mind maybe is uh, saffron, which is an important part of Iranian culture. We use saffron in many things, like in tea and with rice. I think you also (laughs) use it in Mexico, like with rice, right? And also in Nicaragua. But though, saffron is also an expensive spice in Iran as well. I had no idea that it can be this much valuable in other countries like it seems like you can uh, even buy it as a wedding gift and it's incredible that even though for you it's local it's also expensive for you yeah it's not a cheap spice to other countries oh yeah maybe yeah Yeah, right yeah yeah I know this one. This probably gonna be another topic for later. That uh, using food as medicine, but I was remembering how we met. Like you were having some like saffron sticky thing. It looks like a lollipop. <laughs> she was putting inside of a uh, water, like cold water yeah. as a tea, and she was just staring, like drinking her saffron fancy tea. And I'm like, why are you eating that? And she was like, oh, because I'm about to have uh, fish. And in, in her mind, it was very logic. Like, of course. So common. So common. We're having fish to eat today. So I might have my saffron tea. Like, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was the point that I tried to explain the uh, definition of cold and warm nature of the food. So... Yeah, I had nabot. We call it nabot and we use it with tea to balance the cold and warm in our body. Uh, I'm thinking because actually, even though I don't eat spicy food, but it's uh, chili is still a really important ingredient in Chinese cooking. But actually, until I think it doesn't come to China until like 16th or 17th century because they uh, arrived Europe first from Mexico, actually, I think. The original like growing chili place is Mexico and then they go to Europe and from Turkey it goes to China and then Chinese people love it they really love it especially the region of uh, uh, Sichuan because like uh, the weather is like super humid there so people eat spicy food to like to remove the humidity inside of their body and before chili ex- uh, exists, like they use like um, the pepper. That's why I'm like keeping thinking about pepper. <laughs> and like, oh, it's not the word. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, it's chili. And because chili is much more spicy than the pepper they have, they just love pepper. Uh, chili. I'm sorry. <laughs> and even a friend from like close to that region, once upon a time, she's like, oh, we're eating together. And she like passed me a dish and like, oh, 
this is not spicy at all. You should try it. It's super good. I'm like, because personally, I don't eat spicy food. So I don't believe those who can eat spicy foods told me it's not spicy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so I asked her like, so what's this that dish? Like she's like, okay, so just they cook pe- uh, chili with chili. I'm like, how can it not be spicy? You're just like, you want to, you're, you're cheating me, right? She said, no, it's not spicy. And the other friend's like, don't believe her, it's spicy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I know, I know because she eats spicy. I don't believe who eats spicy say it's not spicy because their tongue is dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, it's numb. It's numb. We don't feel it anymore. But funny that you mentioned because I was Googling about the topic for this and I did a little of research that there is a scale for measuring this uh, spiciness of the chilies okay. and it's called Scoville uh, scale. And I thought maybe our chilies will be like in a in a like good uh, ranking in this scale, yeah. But apparently the number one chili is uh, called Californian chili. Yeah. Well, technically California used to be Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> if you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, apparently there is uh, many areas in the world that uh, chili is cultivated and of course appear in this uh, ranking of of spiciness yeah so if someone wants to know more is this a scale that we will provide later in our social media okay well i'm very glad to hear that um, we are merging our cultures (laughs) with the food and i did also remember a story from a friend from india that we live together and she was telling me that the biggest interest during the co- their colonization was cinnamon. And I'm like, why cinnamon? And she said like, I don't know even though because we are not using that one very much, but it was like the main goal at the moment of the trading somehow. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. now thinking that I actually put cinnamon in my coffee. Ah. And it's so common for Mexico to put some cinnamon in the coffee that when you go to the market shop, they will sell the grind coffee already with the cinnamon grind ah. on it. But I think that's also happening in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cinnamon in cardamom? Yeah, ah. cardamom. <laughs> I saw she, was like, she was like, oh, I know the other one. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's I true, couldn't true. remember the word. I was going to Google it, but yeah, thanks. Cardamom. Yeah. yeah. I, I we also use cardamom for tea mm-hmm. but also ah, with coffee it's, it's really nice yeah sometimes we have like tea with cinnamon and cardamom yeah it gives like an extra kick that is exactly. really good yeah. I mean they say the cinnamon is really good for your blood circulation and all of that so if you're in your period girls cinnamon is your friend <laughs> also we use um, cumin mm-hmm. also we use cumin for period ah. And the, the fruits yeah. you shared last time, the red, what's the name? Ah, uh, yeah, the Anop. <laughs> we actually, like when you're having period, uh-huh. uh, jujuba. Yeah. Jujuba. Jujuba. Yeah. Jujuba. Uh-huh. Like we have like with red sugar, uh-huh. it's you can warm you up uh-huh. and give for you, t- help you to create blood. Oh. Ah, because it's red, red sugar. What is red sugar? It can be for for period time. Ah, and it's made from that red sugar and, and uh, jujube. 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 Yeah, and oh. it, it can make into tea, but it's like a 
a candy pudding with hot water. Ah, mm. that's convenient. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I think now it's super warm. I don't know if you want it because it will warm you up. The idea is to warm you up. Like when, when you're like girls having period, actually in Chinese medicine, like topic, like you're cold, <laughs> like you're, you're, you're weak. So you need something to warm you up. Yeah, I relate to you. Mm. Yeah. These guys don't. <laughs> <laughs> we were having a conversation before this that apparently in other parts of the world, that is not America, foods are defined to be cold and warm by default. Mm-hmm. By nature. By yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that Maite would let us to talk about it in this oh, episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hold it. Hold the, the, hold the idea. Hold the thoughts, please, because uh, it is going to be more. And we're going to nourish our knowledge on that topic later. So I want to wrap this nice talk that we have uh, today with a verse from Spanish singer Serrat. Mom's favorite. Uh, the verse says, Un manjar puede ser cualquier vocal. Si el horizonte es luz y el rumbo un beso. Which translates to English, any bite can be a delicacy. If the horizon is light and the heading a kiss. Happy cooking. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to learn more about how different cultures interact and how we interpret life through other people's lenses, we invite you to listen to our next episodes and join us on our social media to share your experiences. Until next time!